Hey. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Today's one of those days where I was like, oh, I want to talk about this. And oh, I want to talk about that. And oh my gosh, I should bring this up. I don't know what any of those things were. <laughs> like, no idea. Uh, I've had um, that reporter rattling in my head. Run, try that again. I've had that reporter rattling around in my head all day. The one that um, DM'd me about. Oh, from France? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was France. Yeah. yeah. The France social media network. What was that? No. That's what he said. We're, we're contacting you from Blink. From France. Yeah, it wasn't France social, social media. media. It was, uh, I can't remember A the other site, but it was something else. Um, yeah, so had a story that I wrote come out yesterday about running well black. Mm-hmm. And the gist of the story was I'm teaching running classes in Brooklyn, which I did for years. And... Um, I'm in Park Slope, and if you're not familiar, familiar with Park Slope, it's white. fairly affluent and fairly white. A lot of white folks, but what it's, was, it's, what it's was actually it? it's actually pretty diverse. But diverse also means that 60% white folks. Correct, and uh, and 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 hundred percent, I can afford to live here, folks. And I can so afford. So your diversity is chumped by your socioeconomic status. Right, and I can afford to drop two or three hundred dollars on a 5K running class. Correct. Um, and one night while I'm coaching a class. Um, I'm with a string of, I would say eight women, all of them white, and police pull up and ask them if they're okay. Mm, mm, mm. And they say, we're fine. And cop goes on his way and they don't really realize what's right. going on or what happened. And right. afterwards, I explain to them what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, how old are these women and how do they not know what's up? They're... And what year I mean, is this? They're in there, I'm going to say they're Anywhere from early 30s to 50 or 60. Mm. Um, if I'm calling a year, I'm saying, I keep forgetting this is 2020. God. Um, maybe 2010, 2011, somewhere okay. in there. Okay. Um, yeah, and they just didn't quite get what happened. Um, Which would have... It's a, it's a, it was a very innocuous experience if you don't live a life where those experiences exist and you're right. taught about those exist those experiences of course which sometimes those things make me as angry not at them but for them as the thing itself to know that i'm surrounded by people who don't even get it right um so story goes out and it, i think it did okay and i got mm-hmm. some responses mm-hmm. and whatever else don't know dishwasher oh good time um. So I get a DM on Twitter this morning, and it's from a reporter in France. Uh, I can't remember and they were saying that that wouldn't necessarily name it anyway. And they say we're working on a story or a project about running well black in America. Would you do a video explaining what you do to remain safe when you're out running? You know, not wearing. Dark, and he gives examples: not wearing dark clothes. Not running at night, X, Y, and Z. How is not wearing dark clothes helpful for black people? Isn't that helpful for all people who don't want to get in harm's way? So the harm or that is he assuming that you're dark? The harm that they're talking about isn't getting hit by a car. Um, so, th- so the question in and of itself, so initially I just wasn't interested anyway because I don't do anything to, I, 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 when I've, I've had runs at three in the morning with my friends, I, 
all my running clothes are black. Like I don't do anything in particular for fear of police or white people or whatever else. And I should we should also mention that the story was um, in relation to uh, Maude Aubrey, mm-hmm. which you know, um, black man running. I can't even remember what state it's in, but he's what state was that? In? Georgia. Maybe Georgia. I, I don't remember off the top of my head. Out for or a run. possibly Florida, right on the line of Georgia. Mm-hmm. So he's out for a run and gets accosted by three white men and is ultimately shot to death on his just run. Mm-hmm. And um, the hashtags running around black and I run for Aubrey, I run for Ahmad, excuse me, were trending. Um, so I go back and I'm looking at, so again, I'm not really interested in doing it because I don't do anything to avoid it all. And I respond, well, I don't think I'm good for this piece because I don't do anything to avoid issues, whatever else. And the response back is, well, I guess if you're not concerned, then you're not, this isn't a good fit for you. If you're not concerned. If you're not concerned for whatever. And, and there are a few things at, at play here. Um, Possible language barrier. Uh, Possible. I don't, I, don't, I, I don't think there's a language. I think the, if there's a language barrier, it's. I mean, learning. not language, actually. Possible cultural barrier. So I think the person I'm dealing with learned English from a textbook. Mm-hmm. And I think anytime you learn a language from a textbook as opposed to immersion, there's nuance and understanding it gets lost. I said to you, like, if I go uptown, I'm just go, hola, mi amigo. I'm a fed. Mm -hmm. Like, get the fuck out of here. Mm -hmm. So I think there's some of that happening. Um, I think there's also when you're trying to write this, do this story from France and being French and not being necessarily in American culture. Um, you see a story like Ahmad and you think that that particular story is more prevalent than it is. Now, I mean, in terms of runners specifically, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we know black folks get harassed and shot and by all means. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're approaching it from the sense of anytime a black man goes out for a run, he might get killed. Right. When really it's just anytime he goes out. Right. Walks down the street. <laughs> right. Because we, we wish that it was something like specific. when they run, they get killed. We would all just stop running. Yes, we would. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like it's we can't, much deeper than we can't drive. We can't sit at home. Right. We can't go for a run. We can't right. do a million, a myriad right. of things. So you were probably a little hesitant because like, OK, so are you going to do something about all the other things that happen that get us killed? Like breathing? Um, I don't know. Right. So, um. And I realized the other problem with the entire premise of their project is you're asking me, ultimately, what do, what do I do to make white people comfortable mm-hmm. with my presence mm-hmm. so that I can go about my business? Mm-hmm. Flawed and unless, problematic in so many ways. Unless, although I think if this were the case, he would have told you this, they are talking to American white folks, too, about this. Wait. Oh, over. sorry. They were talking to American white folks about this, which doesn't make sense because which white people are you talking to? The same way you can't just talk to a white American and say, talk to me about black men getting shot mm-hmm. while running. You would say, well, that's ridiculous. There's too many different white people. I don't know which are the right white people to talk to. I got the sense that this was more slowing down on the highway because there's an accident and wanting yeah. to take a peek at it yeah. than trying to offer a solution or give some insight to... yes. Uh, it was clickbait. 
they're creating clickbait. A little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and also, like, since when do we start make, making videos for media outlets and just sending them along? So I know that was your problem from the before everything the else. Why before the I... ideology and everything else. That was, it was number one. Yeah. Create a video and send it to us. So, okay. Because I don't have shit else to do but to make media content for your website. Ain't nobody talking about no kind of money, but so I I guess you don't have you're not concerned. The and you have a far deeper understanding of the media landscape than I do. But I feel like that's one of those moments where you do the thing not for money but for exposure and to build a voice no. and build whatever else. No. At least that's the thought you process. Don't. There's somebody that might not you. I'm saying that's the thought process, and that's whose thought process. The person who says yes, and the person who's saying, "Hey, would you like to do this?" So I have to say that in the last two or three years, I've become even more aggressive about this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody's doing nothing for nobody for no money. I don't care if you just graduated from college. I don't care if you are at the top of your whatever. There's no constant for exposure. That's not a thing. We can't do it, and I'm going to be pissed if anybody does it because now you're making it seem like it's an okay thing to do. So when I've talked about this um, in writing practice from years past, people will be like, well, you know, they told me that if I write this for free, um, I got lots of bylines, I can accumulate more and more clips, and I can start da-da-da. Fuck that. Mm -hmm. Give me $5. Like this idea of – I'm not saying get a dollar a word. And I'm not saying – you can re- you can live off of it. I'm saying if the place that you are writing for has ads, then they need to be paying you money. So what I feel like happened, and you've spoken a lot about this in terms of the transition from print to online media. Right. And kind of the delay and the shift of money that comes with that. Of course. So there's a, there's a phase where even if, as I'm running ads, all I can give you is cloud points. All I can give you is the clip that you can use because the money I'm getting is just keeping the servers running. No. Wait, wait, wait. And keeping the website up. No. Wait. Let me. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, I think that idea and that concept, because there were spaces, I'm going to say, in the early aughts that you would write for them just because it was dope and whatever else. That love and that, because that's where I have a, huge problem with Huffington Post. Um, I, so years ago, I was writing features for, Huff, for HuffPo. Um, they had a, whatever vertical it was. And even then it was, hey, we don't have a budget. This is Huffington Post saying they don't have a budget. Mm-hmm. But I'm walking in like, it's the Huffington Post. Mm-hmm. They say write a feature. Mm-hmm. You write a feature. And this mm-hmm. is like prime peak mm-hmm. HuffPo. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm writing features, whatever else. And then eventually it turns into, okay, you're not writing features, but if you want to put something on the platform, um, you can, but there's no real editor will disapprove or disapprove your content. It's basically, it's pre-medium essentially what, is what it becomes, mm-hmm. but there's no profit sharing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there's no anything outside of like, we're just collecting your stuff and making money off of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and eventually, I ended up getting paid from companies 
who wanted who mentions in HuffPo. Right. Um, and I just stopped caring because I realized, like, okay, the, you're using me, so I'm going to use you mm-hmm. and whatever else. I said all that to say, I think there was a phase where there were certain outlets where it was just you're writing for cloud points, essentially. But then the money got bigger, and everybody still wanted you to write for cloud points. So the problem is that there was ever cloud points. Because if you have to, why is it that you could say, I need this money to keep the servers running, but you can't say, I need this money to keep the content coming? It's because PSC&G and whatever electronics is like, I don't care that you're up and coming. Give me my money. Mm -hmm. And that's the same way it should be with content. Right. And like I said, I I mean the idea of it, not necessarily make sure you get all the money you can get. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, when HuffPost started out, most writers that I know, we were like, oh, hell no. Once we understood what what the game was, we were like, nope, nope. And how, but how am I supposed to tell someone, don't write for Huffington Post? I can't tell them that. Here I am, little Miss Cutesy, writing cover stories with Vibe, and I'm telling some young and up-and-coming writer, right. don't write for Huffington Post. Okay, well, can I write a cover story for Vibe, bitch? No. Not even a cover story. Can I get Can a... I write anything? Can right. I write a review? Can I write three words? So I can't pull you in, but I'm also telling you not to write for Huffington Post. So I never, I didn't tell people that unless people asked me. Also, I could front that I would count that as a valuable clip. Right. If you had a Huffington Post clip, that meant something to me, at least for a while. Um, so this whole idea of writing for Clout Points was flawed from day one. And I think it was gross. And I think that there should never be a such thing. Unless you have ownership in this little, this little whatever, mm-hmm. there's no way you shouldn't be getting the check. No way. That's even where, and this is, uh, it actually brings me back to somebody we were talking about earlier, um, Erica Hardison in Fabulize Mag. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons I love her and her publication, it's a small publication, she's scrapping, she's doing print as a one-woman show and mm-hmm. doing all things to pull it together, and I don't know what she pays her writers. But she pays them. She puts something in their hand. Mm-hmm. It might be bus fare, it could be a gift card, whatever it is she has at the moment. I'm giving you something for writing here, mm-hmm. and just it should be money. But no, no, it, it is money. I'm I'm being okay. You extra. mean for that thing, right? Um, yeah, I I feel really strongly about that. And again, I know that there are people who would say, "Fuck her!" Like it's easy for her to say, "Don't pay," you know, "Don't get paid," mm-hmm. "Don't take no money," whatever. Um, but again, I feel like I need to say this. I, when I say that, right. when I say that, I mean something i don't mean a dollar a word mm-hmm. i don't mean 50 cent a word it might not be 10 cents a word. i don't care it's just the idea i don't want anyone to think that it's okay to give away their work for no for no money i don't care who it is or where it is when i started noticing this i got into this conversation on twitter about it maybe five years sorry, ago lower your mic bring it to lower your mouth there you go lower it, lower it. It's up in your, you're up here. I'll lower it. Like this? Yes. Okay. Um, I was on Twitter and people started talking about, well, what am I supposed to do? Miss don't write for free. And, and I was talking about, and I was like, wait, hold on. Y'all out here writing for free? What the fuck is going on? Tell me, what what are these publications? And they're naming these publications. And I'm like, word, I'm atting people like, mm-hmm. yo, are you kidding me? I know you. 
I know you're not out here having young people writing for free for this magazine that I know you get ads for. What are you doing? So we talked about it. And for me, I just, it doesn't have to be market rate. I wish it was. I wish everybody could play, pay market rate, but that's just, that's a, that's a lot. But you don't have to accept nothing. So there's a fairly large publication recently that I was looking at or talking to somebody about writing a couple things for. Mm-hmm. And I was very surprised when they told me mm-hmm. what the rates were. That makes me feel like that that account on Twitter that I love. Writers of color. Writers of color. They go in. Yeah. They go in. Mm-hmm. Every time somebody's like, hey, we have a, we have a budget. It's <laughs> like, quote, tweet, how much? The last tweet I saw from them was, I'm seeing a lot of hashtags in your tweets, but I'm not seeing a dollar sign. Mm-hmm. And I love them. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I know they give publications and editors fits. Of course they do. But, but you but you better but you them better at it. them if you got something to say about writers of color. And they're and they're good for and publications are good for adding writers of, of color. Like, yeah. hey, can you promote this? They and do. they're like, Well, how much how is much? it? And writers of color, it's clear that this is a singular person who's mm-hmm. also trying to get their writing thing of together course, as well. Of course, of course. So it's like on top of helping everybody else, like, help me. What, help are, you, me. what are y'all paying? What right. are y'all doing? So there's been a lot of talk of late um, in the wake of a seat at the table and the Me Too movement and all of these sort of like a second post-feminism wave. And a lot of things that have been discussed has been open about pay. Mm-hmm. And that in order for things to be more equal, women are going to have to start being more open about how much money they make mm-hmm. and passing that information along. Mm-hmm. Um not and that's a concept that actually benefits everybody. Like everybody, in a perfect world, everybody knows what everybody makes. Yeah, see, that's one of them things that works for white people. No, it works for... It, 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 why do you say that? It don't work for black women. Maybe it'll work for black men. But but black women, mm-hmm. we are not in a space... If we're talking about... I'll be transparent with a group of black women, but that's not what we're talking about right now. We're talking about... What's been talked about is women being open with all women right nah now if me and xyz and abc and one two three get into a room and we're able to be like so what's up with okay and you are okay i'm at okay boom let's go but overall the blanket way that they're saying these things should be done hell no so my question is that and i and i get the skepticism of it i guess my question is if we know black women are severely underpaid Mm mm-hmm being in a room confirming that you're severely underpaid and not getting the data saying, well, Karen and Philip are making, I know for a fact, I see the check stuff, they're making this much. Mm-hmm. How far can you go with that information? That's why I say it, in, a, in a perfect world, everybody knows what everybody makes because if I, as, as a black man, if I know what Philip is making, as a black woman, if you know what Philip is making. Do you really harder. think I'm going to talk to Karen? And so tell I'm saying, Karen so how much I'm why, making one, this, in the hopes that Karen will tell me no, how no, much no, no. she's making. So hear me again. Okay. I'm speaking I'm speaking more in theory. I understand the practicality of why it's hard to share mm-hmm. this information. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is to share that information strictly within a disenfranchised group, how do you figure how far off the scale you are? I'm aware. How? 
if you, if you no, no, no. I'm aware that it doesn't. What you're saying, I'm aware that when right. it's just us in a room, it's only but so much we can do. That's my so I go of back course, to the original point. I'm aware, makes, but I'm not going in a room with them. I'm not sharing my numbers with them. They're not trustworthy. They, so they're com- they're not going to share with me. They're not going to fight for me in the rooms. There are companies where the protocol is this position pays, pays this, this much for sure. X Y Z. So that's the other part of the problem. You can't make it reliant on the employees because that's not fair. It has to be an open and clear system. But most throughout. people want confidentiality. The confidence, so. but the confidentiality only serves to help the it's company. A, it's a thorn, only serves it's to help a thorny, the employer. It's a very thorny situation. Again, but I'm, I'm not going to be in a room with all women and share how much money I make. So again, I understand the skepticism of it. Mm-hmm. I'm saying the system really works. I know how the system. Of course, I know how the system works. Yeah. It's gonna just have to not work because I'm not doing that. I'll continue to do do what we've done, mm-hmm. which is depend on each other. No, we'll be brutally honest with each other. We have allies. We have our little, you know, our Beckys and Karens that sure. actually go in there and will come mm-hmm. out and tell us this is what's up. No, I just I understand that even with, within the disenfranchised group, it works in the terms of. Um, you're in a room with somebody who is a position higher than you. Hey, I'm moving up. This is what they're paying me. Mm-hmm. Don't give up. Mm-hmm. They're paying me $80,000. do not take sixty. dollars mm-hmm. do not let them slide back on the pay scale. Except if they want to, they can. Because if they say we're paying sixty, or you could step. Because we got another candidate who'll take sixty, Then you're going to take sixty. But knowing at least is knowing. So there's this one woman in my social circle that is incredibly um i don't know what we would do without her quite frankly Mm. um i'm gonna say if i've had 10 gigs i'm gonna say five of them i stepped to her and was like okay it's this company this is the parameters this is they want me to do and within 24 hours she'll say here's what the last person made here's what the person made before them this is what they're willing to pay Mm. um at least four or five times she's done that. Can I get in this group? I mean, it's amazing. She's just so, and she's particularly, uh, she's probably more open than I would be. Like, people will also reach out to her about different forms of, uh, like, not just jobs, but like Nabisco just asked me to go on the road and talk about how much I love crackers growing up. That's <laughs> not quite that. I'm but, sorry, I gotta do this. Yeah. Well, there you go. How much I like crackers. I cannot believe I said that. You know what I meant. I do. You know what Nabisco stands for? I know it's for anything. National Biscuit Company. Nabisco. Don't you love that your girlfriend gives you these random facts? The more you know. Are we supposed to talk the way Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um... She'll tell you, mm-hmm. you know, how many cities are they taking you to? Are they going to pay for all your travel or just the blah, blah, blah? Don't forget to tell them that you need an assistant because they will pay for airline and travel for your assistant. Um, okay, so you're probably going to get 500 per this. You can ask for this, but if so-and-so is still there, they're not going right. to pay. Like, she's just really well-versed in a lot of things. So whether it's um, how much to charge a client for ghostwriting a book to how much to charge uh, vendors for having you come in for Black History Month. 
um, whatever it is, uh, we know we can get some numbers from her. And there are other people's. And if she doesn't know, she, she has her own version of herself that right. will tell her. And a lot of times they are white women um, or white folks in general who are like, oh, I'll tell you the real deal. That'd that be funny, but that's kind of a professional underground railroad, really. It is. It's a professional underground railroad. That's exactly what it is. And there have been times where, you know, I'll ask her, what do I charge? And she'll say, she's the one who made me, she's where I got our hourly rate from. She is the whole person who made me, um, she's been telling me to set an hourly rate for 10 years. And mm-hmm. I finally did it last year. Is this the same person that's mad at us for? For mon- not monetizing our relationship? Yeah. No. Okay. Um, she's a, That person is in this group as well. Okay. Um, so, um, I might ask her about something and she'll say, before I give you my thoughts, how much do you want for it? And that just sends me into like, oh, I can't, I can't. And most of the time, whatever it is I come up with, she's like, multiply that by 10, please. (laughs) And I'm like, God damn it. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to be down with the big room with all the women. Um, It reminds me of my mom before we had words like uh, the intersection, how we all say, watch the intersection. I remember my mom, I asked my mom, were you a feminist? You know, I knew that my mom was Black Panther adjacent. She had a partner, a boyfriend who's in the Panthers. And then she joined the Nation of Islam with my dad. And then I was just trying to put together a timeline of when she would have been burning her bras and, you know, whatever, that part. And she was like, nah. Ain't no feminism around here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but why? Like, how could you not? You strike me as such a person who is about feminist values. She was like, feminism was for white girls. Mm-hmm. And they did not help us one iota. Mm-hmm. Wasn't no white girls um, marching through Newark, um, helping put the city together after the, you know, whatever. Right. She was like, you see some white women at the civil rights marches? Did you? Where was they at? They had power. They had money. They knew how to organize. They didn't help. Just so. just today, so we're in a new office. We we're just we just rented a new office. We're moving. We're moving. I'm out. clapping since well, you can't see me. <laughs> well, we can hear it. <laughs> we're moving out of the home office um, yes. into a uh, proper office and everything else. Yeah. And we are walking out the door after we signed the lease and dropped it off and did everything else. And it's a poster of the suffragettes. Yes. Yay. And we look at them and they're like. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. Shout out to Jane. I'm mm. sure she's listening. <laughs> Thank you so much. Look forward to seeing you. <laughs> um, but no, actually, uh, our our office in the, is in the Montclair Historical Center. I think it's fine to say that. I really need you to drop your and drop it down. There we go. Like this. That's there we okay. Go. And Jane is the director, and we actually had a really good conversation about. Um, the idea of she does tours and mm-hmm. gives lessons and stuff. So and we should probably explain like the mm-hmm. our office is in a it's adjacent it, to a museum. Correct. Yes, it's adjacent to a museum. Two museums actually, mm-hmm. and, and one of CSA. them mm-hmm, and one of them is the home of one of the early founders of of the town. And she said she loves to see the look on people's faces when she needs to tell them about slavery in this mm-hmm. super liberal town. Right. In the north, in New Jersey, which we all know existed. But most of us, myself included, always thought that it ended in the early 1800s and then followed 60 years later by the rest of the country. And she's like, nah, you know. Um, 
So with that same idea in mind, the suffragettes, um, they did not, not only did they not hold us down, they were actively not holding us down. So I don't know if I'm sitting in a room and saying, oh, let me, let me, um, also, you know what? I have to admit, even if it's a room of all people who look like me, if they're not my people, it's really more of a trust issue overall than I don't want to tell these white girls. So I'll take it a step further. I think the issue is that we're left to rely on trust to do it. Correct. This should be a system. Right. That and that removes the idea of so, you know, there Do are, I know you? Do I trust you? Right. If, it so should, this it, is all it should be a system where if I don't like you and I don't fuck with you, I still know what you make. Correct. For transparency. But see, this, so the problem be with secret, this because the problem right now is it's kind of it's almost like a secret society to figure out what do you make and what do you make? What right. do you make? As opposed to being in middle office is like I know your pay stub, I know your pay stub, I know your pay stub. Yeah, this just in the private sector, you know, in the public sector, this is not an issue. Right. If you if you've been working as a nurse for eight years <clears throat> at such in and such town, hospital, Bowline. I know how much you make. Yeah, right. Um, I remember looking at my contract, my very first contract as a teacher in 1996, I guess, and it was for 20 years, mm-hmm. and I could see how much I was going to make mm-hmm. from 1996 to 2006, down to the penny. It was like 10 years in. When you start the 10th year, you're going to be making $72,462.88. Like, it's just done. Right. Now, of course, over time, you know, three years in, they can renegotiate the contract and it might look different. But it is what it is. There's, there's so, some sense. Right. And there's, there's, there's a there's a, a reasonable plus minus. Of course. And it. you have the union. You have the right. NJEA that's going to tell you this is what we're going to fight for. I remember when I was um, my first year teaching they were telling me to join the union. You don't only really have a choice, but I was like, yeah, do like, I want to yeah. join the union? They're like, yeah, bitch, you want to join the union. And they were saying their slogan that year, 50K on the first day. 50K on the first day. That was the bumper stickers. Mm-hmm. That was the everything. Any teacher coming straight out of high school should be making 50K on the first day. Right. Um, and that was probably like in 2000, I think. I came in 96 and I was making 33. Um, and they got that shit up to 50000 So we know what you make. And if you go to a different district, we know what you make. But in the private sector, these things are not like you make this and you make that. It can't be because I hired Aaliyah, who has 21 years of experience, and she wants to do flex, and she wants to work from home, but she wants to do this. These packages that we create for people in the private sector are not always going to, I might pay you 50 because you're going to do X, Y, and Z. But she's coming in. I know she's got an offer from our competitor. Mm-hmm. So I can offer her more money to get her in. And she's going to come in every day, not just three days a week. So we'll give her. You know what I mean? Like in right. the private sector, it's really hard. It's like it's like saying when I when Universal signs you to a record deal, that every single person who comes in with a hip-hop album should get the same advance. No. There's so many different things that have to go into um, making that package for someone. It becomes kind of a Scottie Pippen situation, actually. Um, we were we just got finished finally watching uh, The Last Dance. Mm-hmm. And I really like Scottie Pippen. Scottie's great. I didn't really for, I mean, as care much as I know Scottie, it's not right. like we're Scottie's great. <laughs> like he's downstairs waiting for right. us. But, um, and this is, and this is where professional sports is interesting because it is so transparent. Mm-hmm. Um, Scottie Pippen 
basically negotiated a bad deal for himself. Yeah, because he had family to take care of. Right. And he just took what it was. He took. It was like seven hundred thousand for ten years or something no, no, ridiculous. It was, it Three years. It was uh, eighteen million for seven years. Okay. Um, he took a very long contract, and there's a world where long contracts are great. Of course. When you are the second best player on your team, on your in the, in the league, right? And you're the what was it? The hundred and twenty second lowest. Yes, he was second best player in the league, hundred twenty second in pay. Damn, because he took this very long contract and he spent all his time fighting to figure out how to get. And out he finally just walked off the team. Yeah, which still didn't work for him because he ended up coming back he anyway back. for the same money. Yeah. Um, there, but even then, there's a world because of the transparency, he can fight and figure out how to improve a situation mm-hmm. as opposed to not even knowing you have a shitty contract. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is a there is a social media company that I've very badly wanted to work for a few years ago, mm-hmm. and I was making some inroads with um, their HR and talking folks. They got blown up for something that just is a whole other story, mm. but. What made them so attractive was they had a 100% transparency um, policy. Mm-hmm. So it was, everybody worked remotely. And this is, God, seven years ago, eight mm-hmm. years ago, everybody worked remotely. Mm-hmm. This was the base pay. This is locality pay. This is the benefits. This is exactly What's what What's locality is. pay? So let's say a job, the salary was 50000 mm-hmm. Because I lived in New York. I would get an extra fifteen thousand okay. a year. If you lived in Mississippi, Dallas, if you, yeah, if you lived in, then you live, you get fifteen thousand dollars a year. Yeah, you, 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 there was no locality bonus because we understand it doesn't cost you right. So basically, it's like this is your cost of living bonus, and this is your salary, which is amazing in two thousand ten, uh, two thousand nine. Yes, it is. So I'm making inroads and doing all the things, um, and. Because of their transparency, I knew I was going to make more money than I was any place else. Right. Um, it was money that was appropriate for my skill set, but it far exceeded where I would get any place else. So media is particularly difficult for this type of thing. Um, so this is social media. So it's technically a tech company. It's a little different. Yeah. Tech's different, but media, mm-hmm. like communications is uh particularly ill-fitted to try to have transparency right um it's just the packages are yeah packages not just base things Mm -hmm. and they're they're just different transparency works really well for widgets correct not for individual intellect correct skill and the rest of it because media is art correct and it, it becomes harder that way. It's right. It's like, you know, it's art. Like, if someone makes a painting, you can't say, I'm going to pay you the same amount of, pay- of money for your painting as I'm going to pay her for hers. Right. You just can't. So, I do think that uh, there is, things are better now than they were. Um, I remember the first time I learned about just how any of this works, I was working at The Source and I had a job interview that I took just because you take mm-hmm. a job interview um, at Team People. And People Magazine had come out with this Team People, and it was the hot, hot shit. 
And I just wanted to write there on the low while I was still at the source. So I went up there to talk to an editor about writing there. And she said, I'm actually leaving and you should actually be here. Um, you've been at the source for a minute. Black woman. I'm a black woman. I'm out. They could just swap us out. She said, you can start tomorrow. They won't even notice that I'm not <laughs> here anymore. And right. I was like, oh, my God. So I went to the interview and um, I got offered the job. I was making 35000 at the source and had no idea what to ask for. And I don't know if it was, I, th- I believe that the chick I wanted to write for is the one who told me to ask for 50. And I did. And they said, that's fine. And then I realized I, do, I didn't want to work there. Like, because. I literally, I would have just been like, I'm leaving the hottest hip hop uh, magazine on earth right. to sit at a cubicle at Time Inc. and be the fly in the buttermilk. And I really don't know if anyone would have paid any attention to me. I don't know if anyone would have really noticed that this light-skinned chick with freckles has been replaced. No, she didn't have freckles. Light-skinned with freckles replaced by light-skinned with freckles. No one would have known who I was. Right. Um, So I ended up not taking the job. But someone did tell me, tell the source you're leaving and tell them how much you're making at this new place. I didn't know that's how people what people yeah, did. Leverage. Um, I had no idea. Yeah. I'm 25 years old. I just want to be here. Like, you don't tell the source, I need you to come better now. Like, are you kidding me? Right. I would have worked there for free. So um I did tell my boss, the same boss who was uh consistently convicted of sexual harassment charges. What up? Um, <laughs> the one I had to run and hide from and ask people to come rescue me from his office from time to time. Um, I said, Hey, I'm leaving. Um, thanks for everything. I'm going to team people. I love it here, but it's just not livable. They're giving me $50,000. He did not look up mm-hmm. from his, he was like, fine, we'll do 50 meetings at two 30. So make sure you bring your shit. Da-da-da-da. And I was like, you could have skipped the interview. I could have been lying. <laughs> right. How do you know? How do you but know? But that's the fucked up thing about it. It's, that it was always there. It was in the always first place. there. Not only was it always there, but he didn't care. Right. And then I was like, what if I would have said sixty? At what point would he have looked up and like, bitch? We've had the conversation about The thing is, he knows that an associate I was the associate music editor. Mm-hmm. He knows what I was okay. gonna be the entertainment editor. Mm-hmm. He knows what an entertainment editor at people seeing people would have made. It would have been right in that. So if I say I got a job as an entertainment editor at Teen People and they're paying me fifty, he knows. That's that sounds about right. Right. That's what you should be making here, and here, fine, take it. Because again, fifteen thousand over the course of a year is dick. Okay. Yeah. It's tough. So I found myself in that same position again. Um, well, before that, um, I got an offer at Blaze. I'm pretty sure I told you this. Mm-hmm. And um, when I told him I wasn't coming there, he accused me of only coming over to the interview to get more money when I came back. Okay. And I was like, I, I, I didn't do that. But I, I didn't, I didn't, I had not done that. And I felt terrible that he thought I had. I'm never going to do that, by the way. Um, if I want more money, I'm just going to say I want more money. I'm not going to go through the... This, the stomach ache of going out for a job interview and doing an edit test and doing all this shit just to come back and be like, they're giving me more money. Like, I'm not doing that. I, I'm just not. I'll just have to be not making a lot of money. Um, 
But I remember people crowding around after like, what happened when we told you? How much do I make? You gonna make 50? Oh shit. Oh snap. How much do I make? I make 10. (laughs) (laughs) I think I need to get some more money. I freely, that's probably the last time I freely told that, but I told everybody. I was like, I'm getting 50 y'all. I don't know what y'all getting, but that's what's up. So I don't know. Um, Transparency with money is super hard, especially for black folks. I don't know if white folks work this way, but I don't know. My mom was big on privacy. Like you never, ever, 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 ever tell somebody how much you make. Um, well, I mean, that's that's the general. Like, that's, but I think that's it's, very it might private. be even more so for us because our shit can be so tenable, and we can and we might not feel like we have the same job security as other people have. So you just. Do your job, put your head down, shut the fuck up, and get your check. I have That's been, what I've always been told. I have been in restaurants with my son, who is seven, who will see me pull out whatever money I have in my pocket to pay for our meal, whatever it is, and will leave. And he'll be like, you know my daddy has $300? Oh, I'm God. like, if you don't shut the Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, my kid knows better. Right, like. Mm-mm. It's yeah, so. but I, don't, I I would imagine she has no concept of how much money I make at all. She wouldn't be able to tell you an amount. I think she's counting six dollar packets of mangoes and figuring. It I out wish she there. was. It would be nice if she was, but she's not. She's not. She does not put that together. And neither mm-hmm. of my kids ever really did. And I don't. You know, the whole idea of being transparent and knowing what to ask it starts with your kids, right? Like. In the correct, well, I'm starting to tell my da- my older daughter this now, but she's 23. M- my younger kid, we should be having conversations about money. Like, this computer costs this much. Right. This is what I'm getting to write this story. Like, I would feel very uncomfortable telling her how much I made for a book deal or a contract or whatever. Because I don't, because she's 13. Like, I don't need her going to school. Like, my mom got paid this much money to write that book. Or going home to her father and saying, right. you know, mom got this much money. I don't know. So, And I've had the same thing with um, my kid where he knows that we make podcasts or anything else. He also knows that I write at mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so did you, what you do at work today? He's like, I wrote a thing. I wrote something. Oh, how long was it? And I'll say, you know, it's a thousand words. Because mm-hmm. right now. He's writing. Oh, yeah. You're, you're his editor. I am. <laughs> and he'll write five or six sentences. It'll be. He's shook daddy McShookerson when he comes to me, by the way. <laughs> because I explained, to him, I explained to him that you're a very tough editor. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, actually, the other day he wrote something and we finished it. But I forgot. Because generally speaking, he does his writing assignment. And I, had him, I have him bring it to you. Mm-hmm to look it over mm-hmm. and generally it's a you did a great job this is awesome because again as dad i can say it all i want it's different as he's getting to know you getting this encouragement from somebody who in his in his mind doesn't have to mm-hmm. and also this all started with you saying hey you know Aaliyah wrote this book right and him being like oh so this bitch is official right she knows she knows from writing although things. you typed the book you i typed it. the book i didn't write the book you're not yes. a writer you're, you're a not a writer you're a typer <laughs> <laughs> so um so he's he's like he'll write 30 or 40 words and be exhausted and you know i say i had to write a thousand words or you know Leah had to write a five thousand word piece x y and z just so he understands like the this concept. is the concept of this is work and everything else 
And every now and then he'll say, well, what do they pay? Like, what do you get for this? Mm -hmm. And I'll give him a ballparkish figure for like, you know, this was a dollar a word or this was 50 cents a word or Mm -hmm. this was this flat fee. Mm -hmm. And it may not always be the exact fee, but it was like just kind of that stuff. He really, I think you should really start coming up with ways that he can earn money for various reasons. Mm -hmm. But also to kind of just have an idea of this much work involves that like you have to do all these things to get that skin because i can imagine all the things that might be um involved in earning that much money so the hard part with doing that and they've actually done studies on this Mm. um when you introduce things like money to tasks this early Mm -hmm. there are things there are tasks that you have to do in life that you are not going to get paid for of course and what ends up happening is when there's not the fixed reward, mm-hmm. when you go into spaces where it's not money, it's just like, you just got to do some shit, mm-hmm. they end up not doing the shit. So, Or they do because their mama or their daddy said you got to do, but I assume you mean it's harder for them to be like, okay, I have but that's, to do but that's, this. But that's, that's the thing. There's got to be a mix of earning things and because you have to do. Right. Um. And figuring out, like, money for grades in the long run. Money for grades is never is a, a bad idea. idea. No. Can't pay for grades. Right. Um, even money for making your bed can be tricky at certain points. I think that money for, for... I think money for skins would be completely outside the realm of chores or anything you would do. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, and I... My ex-husband and I truly screwed up our first daughter. I am fine with saying that because she's okay now. But we definitely put money, we ascribe value to grades. Mm-hmm. Um, it's even hard for me to talk about because we just really screwed this up. But she was a um, super, she was already a very aggressive student. She's already wanted the best grades and she was already one that was stressed out and in the third grade about something. Right. Um, and we just kind of piled on that. Right. So when she was in fourth grade, she said, I'm going to get straight A's this year. Every single grade, I'm, at the end of the year, I'm going to have nothing but A's on my whole report card. We were like, okay. Um, well, if you do it, we didn't have to do this. Right. She decided she it. Declaration. We didn't say anything about it. Right. She said, I'm just, watch me. I'm going to do it. And we said, if you do, we'll get you a computer. We'll get you a laptop. Right. Um, we didn't have to. She right. was self. Anyway, we get to the end of the year. She has all A's and one B. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, what are you going to do? I was like, we got to give it to her. And he's like, we can't. That's not what we said. Right. And her mom is like, y'all better get my baby this laptop. And my mom is like, uh-uh, one B, that's terrible. We didn't get it. And it's a situation where... And it's even more fucked up because she didn't even ask for it. And I was going to say, that's a situation where devoid of you giving the external thing, she might have been very happy with herself because she almost hit Correct. it. Now there's this thing that she... More looking at what she could accomplish is the thing yeah, that she didn't it was terrible. get. Or she might have got to second marking period and been like, life is not worth this. Right. I'll take my B and my C in science so I could go out with my friends, like whatever right. the case is. So, and then to make matters worst, um, worse, she didn't, we didn't get her the laptop and she was fine with it. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't get all A's. It's fine. I'm going to do it next year. And we should have said, nope, this is over. Mm-hmm. You know, if I could go back, I actually would just give her the goddamn laptop and just be done with it. If I could, so if I'm talking about if I can go back, if, as if I was there, <laughs> I don't give her the laptop in the moment. 
You get she it get, later. You, you'll get it in August. Of course. I would have got it for her that summer. Right. Like, I'm not letting you do a whole nother year. So what she did, fifth grade, you watch and see. So she spent all of fifth grade a fucking mess. Mm. She got her all A's in fifth grade and she got her laptop. Right. And so she often talks about that and it's like, you know, fifth grade was a horrible year for her. <laughs> she wasn't getting straight A's for herself. Right. She was getting for, them, for this external thing and... So that she could show us that she could do it. There's also the space where it swings the other way. Like for her, it was this all-encompassing, I have to succeed obsession. Mm -hmm. There's the other part where you end up learning how to game the system. Right. Um, When I first got into podcasting, Freakonomics was one of my favorite podcasts in the Mm -hmm. world. Mm -hmm. Great book, great documentary, all the things. Mm -hmm. One of the writers of Freakonomics talks about potty training his daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, His wife was working on potty training his daughter and went on and on. Little no success, ebbs and flows, sometimes good days, more bad days than anything else. He's an economist. So he says, I can get this done easy. Mm Mm-hmm. Goes to his daughter and says, listen, every time you pee in the potty, you get a Skittle. Mm-hmm. Easy peasy. No, or it might be like a fun pack or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Pee in the potty, get a get a candy. She's like, really? It's like, yeah. Immediately, pee in the potty, got her candy, everything's going great. What he notices is, day one, she might have got two packs. By day five, she's getting ten. She's getting six, seven, eight, mm-hmm. and he realized she's, she's peeing. A, her she's peeing a little bit. Yep. Hold the rest yep. and keep coming back and coming back. Yes. So she's not learning to be self sufficient. She's learning no. to game the system. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's the, I think they call it the cobra head paradox or something like mm. that. Um, snakehead paradox. Um, I think it was it was a Middle Eastern country. I want to say it was India, but I don't mm. really remember. They were being overrun by snakes, so the head of that mu- sounds lovely. The head, yeah, that no. doesn't sound frightening. The head of the municipality, city, whatever says, "Bring me the head of a snake. I'll give you ten dollars for every head you bring me." So because we this, this means we're getting rid of this, right? What the folks end up doing was breeding snakes and then and bringing them bring the heads. heads. So this is where. It gets really dangerous to introduce these external things to life lessons that need to be intrinsic and just do because you have to get done. Mm-hmm. And, wh- and there are spaces where, hey, yeah, you can earn stuff for your game, but what are those versus what is what is shit you just need to do because mm-hmm. you need to do it? Mm-hmm. And where that line is, gets it gets dicey. It's the same. It's kind of similar to um, art. My my buying artwork so both of my kids do art the older one i can commission mm-hmm. and she'll do it right and i'll pay her the money and i'll have the piece right little one not so much um and her dad always tells me that he doesn't want her to get paid for artwork he does not want me to commission her um, he feels like if she's an adult that's different but as a growing artist who's trying to figure out what she likes what she doesn't like Whatever she creates should just be something that she wanted to create. Mm-hmm. She shouldn't be creating anything for an amount. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I hire her to do something just because I want her to have it herself, not because I want it. Um, and he 
thinks that it's got to be self-motivated. All her art needs to be self-motivated. We should not be um, trying to force her to create art with money. Well, the hard part with that is people have asked your daughter to create things. Mm-hmm. No, he doesn't mean that. That's fine. Okay. Me and him. Okay. So that nah. I get. That I get. Because she might say yes because she's our child. Right. Um, Not just because of the money. And as it stands now, I have a shirt that I may never see that again. That chick don't even... Uh, I just want my shirt back. Well, that I could do for you. I can get your, your shirt back. But I can't guarantee you it's ever going to get done. I don't know if this is the same thing, but when the big one, the older daughter, was in fifth grade, she decided she wanted to go to a private school here in town that's ridiculously difficult to get into and she had gone to a number of different like you know regular private schools in the hood nothing Mm -hmm. like special always a great student but not really pushed because she wasn't in those kinds of schools right but she said i want to go i want to take the test they have a test called the isee that any student who's going to any of these private schools has to take i don't know if this is the same thing i said i'll study with you i'll get the book we'll work on it i'll study with you she was a little frustrated. Um, some of the math was a little bit more, were things that she hadn't got gotten to, mm-hmm. and she was angry, realizing like, damn, well, what why? Doing? What was? Why weren't we doing this in the fifth grade? Right. If I'm expected to know this, how come I don't? Mm-hmm. So she's struggling to figure out all the different things. She takes a practice test every weekend. We go over, we go over what she got wrong. Tell me a few things. This is wrong. So I saw where her weaknesses were. And instead of just going over the weaknesses, I started giving her the test for the grade above and having her work on that. Did she know? No. That's the problem. So I did not tell her. Mm-hmm. I just gave her all the lessons for a student going into the seventh grade right. instead of one going into the sixth grade. Mm-hmm. So we go. I wonder if she listens. I don't know if Sky listens to this podcast because I never told her this. But I feel like there's a couple points in this podcast <laughs> where she might have checked out. I never came so. back. Maybe. Um, El Dorado. I remember taking her to the testing mm-hmm. site, and my little one was a really little one, and we sat out and waited. She came running out of the testing site, like just hauling ass, screaming out my name. Oh, yeah. I'm like, what's wrong? She was like, we made a mistake. And I was like, what do you mean? She was like, I was I've been studying for the seventh grade test the whole time. I knew all that stuff in like 30 seconds. And I was like, oh, no. She was like, yes. So I mean, she passed, she got in, mm-hmm. it worked out, but I didn't tell her that I just forced her to she she was in a lot of stress to See, get to learn that stuff for the seventh grade. But I knew if she knew that, she the the sixth grade thing i guess it's like running with weights the no because running with weights is a terrible idea i know but not that it's a good idea but what is the equivalent to that like just running with something and then realizing like oh okay i don't need this much weight i'm good so speaking of podcasts yes the ethicist was one of also one of my favorite podcasts Great. back in the day. I didn't see the, I never heard the podcast, but I definitely. But he's basically it. reading the column, of course. So if you know the ethicist, mm-hmm. you know the ethicist. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I'm the ethicist, oh, he's gonna tear me to shreds. Yeah, because I think the plan was a good plan, but you gotta let the person know. Well, hey, then it's not the plan. It is the plan. 
No. Why not? Secretly having her study, it's not the plan anymore if I tell her. Because now it's not secret. But she wasn't secretly studying either. She was actively, she came to you saying, I wanted to do this. Correct. So you saying, hey, we're going to shoot past this. So like the sixth grade test is easier and makes more sense. Because the problem then, so there's a world where instead of doing a sixth grade test, you're doing a seventh, seventh grade test and you break her spirit. Because it's not going well. Yeah, no, I saw. I was ready for that. She was doing fine. I would have stopped. If she was really, like, struggling, struggling, Mm -hmm. I would have absolutely stopped and went back to the sixth grade. Yeah, you got to let her know. Yeah, I should have. I wouldn't change a thing, but it could have been a not good situation. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't change it. Mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-mm. I just wouldn't. So, again... Have you spoken to her about that since then? We've talked about... She mentions that. Often, like, oh, you'll never believe what happened. Me and Aaliyah studied for the wrong test. So you did, and I'm so, like, so my point is you didn't speak to her about it. What do you mean? You about what t- happened? No, I never told her. This right. is my first time saying it. So that, that was my question. So her thinking is still mistaken is you haven't spoken about it. No, we haven't spoken about it. We've spoken about the test, mm-hmm. but not about, you know. So she will tell you I studied the, for the seventh grade test and not the sixth grade test. But she doesn't know that I'm the one who swirled it around mm-hmm. she didn't realize she was studying for the seventh grade test until she got there right. there's, there's a space where overtraining overtraining makes sense and it's a good idea but generally the person knows yeah being this overtrained. this particular thing i stand behind like if it, so my question is if you said hey we're gonna do seventh grade instead of six she would have fallen out like oh my god no i'm barely no absolutely not no way and she would have been upset she would have pushed back she wouldn't have done it so that's why i was like i'm not gonna tell her because i know she barely wants to study for the sixth grade test because she's frustrated that she doesn't know the work for sixth grade. Mm-hmm. So now if this was my younger daughter, ain't no way in hell I'm going to try to put that over on her. I'm just not. She's a different kid. It could affect her differently. Well, she won't be. That's just not her deal anyway. But um, I think a lot of it is dependent on on the kid. I would not do that now. I think it's unethical. I just wouldn't do it now. The same way I wouldn't tell some kid, I wouldn't tell the little one, if you get all A's, well, she doesn't even get grades, but if you get all A's. I don't understand the school. No grades. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, starting this year, they get grades. You don't get grades till seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Ha- the halfway mark of seventh grade. Mm-hmm. And they don't get the grades, but the grades are in a ledger. But she doesn't know what, she doesn't have them. She couldn't tell me I have a B in English this semester. She doesn't know. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean... But you know how you're doing in a class. Like, you don't really need the letter. If if I were to tell her, guess which, what you have right now in each class, she'd be right. That would have drove me crazy, though. Yeah, you. that doesn't I work for you. I would not have survived. That doesn't work for you. And they would have made, there are kids like you who need to know. And they make arrangements. It's not mm. like some cabal where it's like, you can't know. It's just, that's not what they do. But if you want to have an appointment and you want to sit down and go through your numbers... That's fine. I don't want to have an appointment and sit down and go to one. Well, you can't am just bust an up in the school. Am I getting an E? Am I getting an S? Am I getting an N? What are E, S, and N? And you. And you? What yeah. are you saying? What is this? What are you talking about? What okay. is this language? So, public school in New York. Yes. There's you e. don't have A's? No. E. Excellent. S. S satisfactory. N. Needs improvement. Needs improvement. U. Unsatisfactory. Right. Interesting. So no A's, B's, C's, D's, F's. I need my letters 
middle of the semester mm-hmm. and end. Okay. Even if I know, you need to an see approximation. It. Even now, what if you know you're? It's not going to ever appear anywhere. Like your parents are not going to get it. They don't get anything. They know I didn't graduate. Well, you would have. They would have been contacted long before that happened. Right. I need to know what's up before they get contacted. Hmm, yeah, I guess. This, this, in high school, there were tons of report cards my parents didn't see. I knew what I was so doing. So it depends. I, 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 I suspect you may have been a different kid had you gone to a different school. I suspect that if you had gone to the co-op from five years old, like Maisie, you may not. These are kids who just always have known this kind of world where you don't get any grades, where there's no report card, and your parents get letters from your teachers to explain what's going on with you. Just straight up letters. The teachers at her school get a week off, no, two to three days off around the time of the end of the semester, four times a year. Mm. All they have to do is write their letters for their kids because there is no, you you know how much more I know about what she's doing because there's no grades? I know me and my soul and I don't care where I grew up or what situation. You don't know yours. I need a certain level of standardization. So just knowing my spirit. There would be that. It just wouldn't be attached to a letter. You can't tell me that you came out the womb needing letters. You can't. <laughs> you didn't. Your body. You didn't come out the womb knowing what letters were. How did I, you ascribe? So here, I love Maisie's teacher. Yes. A flowery, flowery email saying how I fucked up the whole semester would not do it for me. That wouldn't happen. Cause let's say it's September fifth. Mm-hmm. And you're fucking up. Your parents are in the school on September 7th. Your parents have to come to school. You know we got to go there every week. The parents have to come to the school once a week. You know my parents never went to a parent teacher in high school. Well, that's why you needed grades. Yeah. Because if they did. So every time I would come to volunteer, how do I not know how she's doing? I'm in the class. Volunteer? What is that? We have to. It's a co-op. That's what you got to do. So um, up until seventh grade, you have to come in. Um, you can you can opt out. You can buy your way out of doing that. But I, a I love doing it, and b I never had the money to do that. But you come in. I'm gonna say once a week, and you're there for the entire day. It's like a parent-teacher conference every week. So wait for the whole day. If you buy your way out, then you don't have to do the the parent taking your place. Mm-hmm. Do they get a discount on their tuition? The parent taking their place? What do you mean? So Susie's class needs a volunteer on this week. Yep. I buy my way out. They still need a volunteer. Right. So at the beginning of the year, you're already not included in. They make the schedule based on the people who did pay. Mm -hmm. So they're not even thinking about people who didn't pay. So the the people who paid to not volunteer, Mm -hmm. where did that volunteer money go? I don't know what you mean. I the pay, volunteers don't get paid. I pay $1,000 a month. Right. You pay $1,000 a month. Right. You pay an extra 100 a month to, to not, not have to do the things. Mm-hmm. But I'm still doing the things. Mm-hmm. And I'm essentially... It have, goes to the and substitute. I'm, and I'm essentially taking... An, at some point, somebody's taking an extra shift this is a substitute. to cover. There's a substitute. Substitute what? Substitute teacher. So, like, for example, that's how my mom got started. She would be a substitute for a okay, parent. Okay, so the money that I'm paying is going it's to a teacher. It's going to pay the substitute. I'm, I, I, there's not another parent who has to fill this gap. No. 
Okay, that makes sense. So that because I'm like, hey, if I gotta come twice, right? I want fifty dollars. The parent who, um, the substitute who comes in, um, gets paid. Right, and And that's where that money comes. I'm here for Susie's mom. Who (laughs) they do not say that. (laughs) Who is too good to be here? Although the kids know that. No, normally it's parents that just for whatever reason they work in the city or whatever. Everybody can't do that shit. Like we, um, my ex husband and I were very lucky that we had jobs where we could. Mm. Um, and you spend the day there, and sometimes you help them with the farm. Erica's parents doesn't love them, right? Or you (laughs) get snack ready for them or whatever. Mm -hmm. So when I come in. All the grades I need to know are there. Like the amount of classwork that is everywhere, your whole little heart would have been completely understanding. Like you would know. I'm t- I promise you, even little baby Shane would know. No, you would not know by A, B, C, D, E because you don't know that coming out of the womb. Yes, but you, you would be able to say, you would be able to say, there is the, I'll never forget Maisie was like, all all nervous i'm taking her to school and i'm like what's your problem nothing nothing we come in she still does that i'm looking i know i'm looking at the wall of new work and i'm like oh these horses are beautiful oh these are the sketches they took when they went on the trip let me find Maisie's. let me find Maisie's. Maisie's is not there um why is Maisie's not there because she ain't do it why didn't you do it i don't remember but for whatever reason i now know it was very easy for me to see, even now, even now in the seventh grade, I can walk in the building and see what her grades are without her having to walk around with the, what do you call it? E S E S N U. Yeah. This is, that system also works. Um, but I don't know. I like the no grades. It's one of the few things that the two things that concern me the most about her school were no grades and calling people, calling adults by their first name. Right. Um, and I'm down with both now. So consider me a convert to the cult. I feel like I would be like Dre in um, Blackish, walking in, stomping into school. Don't call me Dre. You <laughs> better call me Mr. Johnson or I'm going to hurt you. I paid blah, blah, blah for tuition. I want fucking A's. That's right. I know. Not your wishes. In... I don't think I would ha- be able to handle it had she come here at an older age, mm-hmm. but from first grade. Um, you don't really know much about her. You just, you just says what it is. Meanwhile, my son would slide right into that bitch and be like, <laughs> "We good." <laughs> I don't. I can see him there. As a matter of fact, I think he would be very happy there. Mm. Um, the first name thing is a thing, especially for Black folks, because we mm-hmm. don't do that. Um, the most you're gonna get is a Miss Aaliyah, but they call me Aaliyah, just Aaliyah. The little kids call me Maisie's mom, of course. But the big I'm kids, 6th, 7th, 8th grade, Aaliyah. Hi, Aaliyah. It's disconcerting. Call my mom Rita. 13-year-olds calling my mom by her first name. Mm. I don't think that um, it's took getting used to, but now not only am I okay with it, I kind of co-sign it. I know, I know, I know. It's it's weird. I'm in the Colts. You're in the cult. I am. I don't think that we're only cult though. Some cult or another. I'm in the ES. So your son gets grades like A B C D. Yes. I don't like that. 
Because what happens is the kid just dashes toward the letter and just, well, I just he, need to he's, see the letter. He's not seeing his report card. So, oh, okay. Yeah, so it's a little different at this point. And the parents just dash to the, they just put all their, let me just see the letter. I think at this point it's just like satisfactory or needs improvement. It's not like a big range. Okay. It's um, it's, it's it's kept a little bit more appropriate for his age group. Okay. Because also, I can, knowing me, knowing his mom, the propensity for overshooting what's necessary for a six-year-old. What do you mean? Um, in a world where the teacher says our six-year-old has a U or an F or however you scale you want to use, we're going nuts trying to right, overcorrect which is and why, be crazy. Correct. Which is why I find it so important to these things should be happening not in chunks. Mm. See, your next six weeks or eight weeks or 10 weeks or 12 weeks. Like, you got to be talking about this often. Um, wow. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I I do wonder what she's gonna do when she gets to high school and starts getting grades. I feel like she might have some culture shock. So that's that's the part that scares me too because there's no real transition. Is <laughs> there's no grades and now there's grades. Yeah, there is. She's um, gonna get grades next year. Right, but I'm saying it's not like a transition. Either you have grades or you don't. You don't sort of get grades. Well, you do. Because she's been sort of getting grades this year. And then, well, how, she would have been getting grades if she was at school. How does sort of get grades work? Um, They start to give you back your work with numbers on them. Mm-hmm. You know, like this test, you got 98. Mm-hmm. So, no, you're not going to get a form that says A, B, C, D. Mm-hmm. But you'll start to at least see. So, in all the years past, if she had a math test and there were 10 problems on it and she got two of them wrong, there was no number on there. There was no 80. It was just, these were wrong. Mm-hmm. Go fix them and bring them back. There's no need for me to just for you to just focus on this number. Focus right. on the fact that you got these two wrong and fix it. So you got another test with ten on them and you only got one right. She knows that she tanked it. She doesn't need the ten up there or the zero or whatever. Now go fix these. Mm-hmm. So that's the way things have been done. So in seventh grade, you start to get your num. You don't get a report card with A B C D E whatever, but you do start to get your papers back with a 92, an 87, a 64, or whatever. And then starting in April, if she were still at school, I guess, they would be getting those numbers right. on a piece of paper. So, Because I think what always ends up happening to me when we have these kind of conversations, old man me comes out. Mm-hmm. And it comes out in the sense of, and I'm going to use circumcision as the example. Okay. Um, boy is born... Ten minutes later. Is that how soon it is? Yeah. It's it's well, it's a couple hours. Okay. Circumcision. And too young to really be fully traumatized by it, but it's something that got done. Except we don't know. But go ahead. Sure. Um as opposed to I'm fifteen and I don't, I want to look like dad. Mm -hmm. Harder to deal with that at 15. Mm -hmm. Um, To me, there's always this thing of introducing something that's closer to what you'll be dealing with 
earlier as opposed to later because we're more adaptable as as kids and as younger folks. Um, I don't agree with that. Than we are when we are older. I think it depends on the kid. I think it depends on the scenario you're talking about. I don't know if we can say as a whole that kids are more adaptable to things than they are when they're older. Like... And again, this isn't. <clears throat> and it also depends so much on what kind of support do they have. Right. You know, Maisie's not going to Shabazz in September. Let's just be frank. Um, she's she's. I'm sorry, like Shabazz. Shabazz High School in Newark. Oh, so there's a I know because the whole world. <laughs> um, right. Shabazz High School in Newark. Mm-hmm. It's a tough place. To right. Be. Um, so she's not going to my high school mm-hmm. right up the street, quite frankly. If that were the case, then the culture shock would be bigger than just that. But wherever Maisie goes, she'll be just fine. She'll have like a, oh my God, I gotta be. Mm-hmm. But wherever we send her, she's going to be fine. So, I, I get, and that's where I keep going back to like, well, at that point, are you still pushing the, the rock up the road, so to speak? Um, so my son who goes to a, Again, it's still a very cushy public mm-hmm. school. It's not like mm-hmm. he's going to Adlai Stevenson High School in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adlai Stevenson, what? Which huh? was which was my Shabazz. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not doing that per se, but there's always this fear for me of when the real world hits, whatever that means in whatever context, and are they prepared for? a world that will assign them mm-hmm. pass fails and mm-hmm. all this stuff. So the thing about there's a, there's a conditioning that I know I have, and I assume that you have to, un, to knowing that there's a pass fail, that you're always getting graded your entire life that I fear our kids because right here, right now they're in an, more affluent space mm-hmm. that affords them a wider berth mm-hmm. that I don't know they, they get once they're out on their own. They do. I'm creating, like, that's my entire life. My entire life is making sure that she does have that. Like, mm-hmm. like we create, we make sure they're ready for the real world, not their school. We don't tell the school. We don't, it doesn't matter What's going on at the school? Mm-hmm. It matters what's going on with us. Mm-hmm. That's preparing her for. I have to prepare for ninth grade, not the co-op. They can give her A's, B's, thirties, sixties, U's, S. None of that. All of that matters, but it's what I do with that mm-hmm. that really matters. Where is she going to school? How is she being prepared for it? I mean, you know, I saw a school um, in the city that I felt like would be a perfect fit for her. Um, I haven't thought about actually going through with the application process because global pandemic and pandemic and whatever. But if my if if my kid needing to be whoever it is she needs to be involves me paying forty thousand dollars a year and taking the train into the city with her twice, if that's what that's involved, that's what we're doing. If I really feel like she needs the same type of environment that she's coming out of and that she's not going to thrive at xyz place or xyz place that's what i'm doing yeah i I feel like i am in a space of trying to protect 
the kids from trauma mm-hmm. while trying to balance the fact that the rest of the world doesn't give a fuck about piling trauma on them. So how do you protect... So it's the balance of trying to figure out how to protect them from trauma and making them strong enough to deal with trauma when it comes. I think a lot of that is going to be who their peer group is. I think a large segment of that is going to be who they're around at school because they mm. spend more time in school than they do with us. Mm. And I know... But even um, to that extent, the the folks I was around with at school... It was, I want to say dire, but it was very concrete about in terms of what worked, what didn't work, what mm-hmm. flew, what didn't fly. Of course. Just in terms of me not getting punched in the mouth mm-hmm. for not understanding what someone else was Which dealing with. Which you know very well that your son and my daughter won't have to deal with that. They're not going to have to make those choices about knowing what to do so that they don't have to get punched in the face. That we know, mm-hmm. um, but I, I, I but I know that in school, and but then it comes what happens when it's not school anymore. And punching mouth, mean, and punching mouth is relative. Punching mouth is you get cursed up by your boss at work mm-hmm. or whatever. But we can't. It is. That all we can do is get them to twenty one and pray. Like we can't say, well, what do we? We have to do this to for because later in life there is no later in life. We're living our later in life. Our parents ain't trying to help us throughout later in life. We're just here now. But we credit to for better or worse in some ways, yes, in some ways, no. We give our parents, at least I give my parents some credit for preparing me for that segment of it. There's a lot of shit they fucked up, and there's a lot. There's a lot of things I learned because they fucked up. Mm-hmm. But there's also a lot of things I learned because it was a firmer hand in guiding me not not in terms of whoopings or any of that shit just like hey if this doesn't go the way it's supposed to go you're fucked Mm -hmm. and that's at 10 11 12 13 14 and you're likely not going to say that to your son because and this is the beauty of however we got so where we are right Mm -hmm. now sitting across from each other Mm -hmm. we did something right because our kids have us and you're likely not gonna say to your 10 year old if you don't do this 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 you're fucked you're likely not gonna say I'm that. Not, i mean i'm not using that those terms I'm, and that that's not a conversation See, that was, they're already and that's not even a conversation steps. that's actually that's not an actual conversation that was had with no, me no but i know but what it you was mean. a principality right to and it. i don't think you're even gonna have that firm of a hand mm-hmm. on your kid you're just not gonna have to our kids have two parents who are intelligent who are definitely trying to break all types of generational trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, they just, they're already, at, in the first grade, he is already more privileged than I could have ever dreamed of being when I got to college. Right, absolutely. So, and the same is the case for and every mine. And every ounce of privilege that I'm proud he has scares me at the same time. Of course. But that doesn't stop us from spoiling the, the ever-loving crap out of them. Mm-hmm. They're not disciplined. No. Well, they run amok, the <laughs> both of them. They run amok because we don't, my parents, I had a fear of my parents. Mm-hmm. My kids don't fear me. They never have. They probably never will. No fear. If I tell my daughter, you know what? Go upstairs right now. I need to talk to you. She might. <laughs> if she's not busy, 
She might come so, upstairs. So also, but she also might not. And also, we've had this conversation before where we're a little different in our parenting. Mine is coming upstairs. Mm. I dog whistle and this boy comes. I don't know if yours is coming upstairs. It depends on what he's, he's doing. He's grumpy and he's mad. He's coming. You might have to call him more than once. He ain't coming the first time if he don't want to come the first time. Um, We're actually a little bit more similar than I thought. Um, um, yeah, it's just... It's scary. Parenting so uh, so scary. Father's Day is coming. Yep. And something that's been rattling around my in my head a lot is me being in this bridge between two very extremely different generations. Mm-hmm. Um, my father being a boomer, mm-hmm. my son being Gen Z. I think they're probably going to be called Gen COVID. <laughs> well, Gen <yeah>. C. <laughs> GNC? I don't yes. Know. Um, I, I bet you money, like Maisie and down to whoever's getting born today, their generation something quarantine. I think, so Maisie, I think, is solidly Gen Z. Mine will be... The COVID generation or whatever. If you graduated from school, <laughs> if you survived, if you, if you had a if you survived, listen, if you had a birthday during that quarantine, that was canceled. you're in that generation. That was canceled, and that's amazing. Right? She has yet to turn thirteen. Right. So um, it's all of them. But I'm I've been thinking a lot about how I'm this sort of weird bridge where I want to let Cole fly and be his full self and bounce off the walls and everything else. But I still hearken back to mm-hmm. this other thing. Mm-hmm. And some of it, I had a, I didn't have an easy childhood. Mm-hmm. Most of us didn't. I didn't have an easy childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, uh, sorting that happens as a parent looking back at your parents and looking at your children in terms of what to keep and what to throw away I throw away everything Um, I haven't except qu- drink water and eat vegetables I haven't quite and I ain't that great on that either <laughs> I haven't quite thrown out everything Um, but it's I haven't thought because you actually because the other part too is me figuring out that learning good lessons in the wrong way still has an impact it still has its own issues mm. i have learned to i've learned how to treat the person I'm with in a relationship not because i was looking at great examples but because i looked at the results of doing it terribly mm-hmm um i was talking about that in therapy hmm? we talked about you a lot in therapy this week so he's I, I, uh, yeah you were pretty much the whole session this time that, that happens more than i i'm gonna say once a month mm, more than i like um we talk often about what you're saying mm-hmm. like trying to come to understand how, and I've said this to you a million times, like how does one say, I don't want that without any formal um, help, without any, just most of the time, if you see X, Y, Z negative thing, you're going to do X, Y, Z negative thing. Like that's a thing. Right. So 
How does it happen that you say, this is fucked up? I'm not doing that. We've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you that. So, growing up in the 80s, in the 90s, I would, you would, my peers would have called me a pussy. If I'm our children's age now, I'm the I'm enlightened, I'm understanding, I'm empathetic, I'm all these things. Of course. That were detriments growing up. Yes. Um and I think that's what it ends up being. Reconciling those things. Like, no, the thing that you got worked over for for, whether it was your parents or your peers or whatever else were actually good things that you want your children to have mm-hmm. and it's safe for them to have it. Mm-hmm. That's a hard thing to always sort out and figure out. You know, what I always come back to is we don't beat our kids. That's really what it falls back on. Because if you don't beat your kids, they're not afraid of you. And if they're not afraid of you, they're going to talk back to you. And if they talk back to you, you're going to be annoyed by them talking back to you. And it just spills out from there. Mm-hmm. I remember when my daughter was, the little one was about four. She was she was gunning. She was begging to get her ass kicked, like begging for it. Um, and I would just be so frustrated. Sometimes I would actually cry because she would just be so over the top and so whatever and just just rude and just all the things. All she needed was one good slap mm-hmm. and she would just shut the fuck up. And my uh, my sister, I'll call her my sister. Um, she called me and she heard me frustrated and she said, "Why don't you spank her bottom? Like you don't have to tie her up by her wrist and whatever." But it's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. And I said, "I want to hit her, not for her behavior, but because I'm frustrated. Mm-hmm. I want to hit her because I'm hungry." And I've been working all day and I haven't had a chance to get a snack and I'm busy and the big one's going to be home soon and no one has dinner. That's why I'm going to hit her. Not because she is doing X, Y, Z thing. And I'm not doing it. I'm not. Like mine was out of pocket yesterday. Yes. And I didn't see it, but I heard it. Right. And it hit a peak. Mm-hmm. I'm the only time ever laid finger one on him he was starting to spaz out in an intersection mm-hmm. as we were crossing the street mm-hmm. and i needed well, that's always like and i need like i need you to know you could die right that was it mm-hmm. and that was like uh mm-hmm. he was starting to spaz out and kind of like you're saying like because we don't hit our children they don't fear us because Mm -hmm. when i tell you i picked him up and sat him on the counter that's all you need just like hey i'm strong Mm -hmm. and i'm big and i'm looking dead in your face Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) would that do he calmed down he got quiet and i don't know if i and if i'm towing a line that's like Physical intimidation still, mm-hmm. and and to some degree, maybe am. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked him up, sat him on the counter, looked him dead in his eye with all the intensity I can give a seven-year-old, told him the thing. He got teary. I hugged him, said, hey, I love you. We're fine. You're a great kid. I just need you to understand 
the conversation we're having right now. Mm-hmm. And I wish with everything that's in me, that would have been my childhood. Of course. Because there are parts where it still needs it, that still feels like I need my son to know. Yeah, I will kill you. <laughs> Not that I would. I know. I'm capable. But you want him to know that you're I'm capable. capable. I'm capable. Like, and I know how to do it. Because <laughs> there's going to be 13-year-old him that's going to square up. I know. And that's the biggest difference. Um, I've never told. I'll tell anybody and their mama that I don't believe in spanking. I don't believe in that. For girls. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to act like. Like, my sister, one time she heard me. She's the one mm-hmm. who put me in my place. We're talking about spanking, da da da, and I'm like, it's just not necessary, and you just don't do it. And nope, nope, nope. She was looking at me, you know. She at the time had a 12 year old who was, you know, looking at, looking over her head. Right. And she's just like, that is so cute. You got two girls, both of them is tiny, and both of them will start crying if you just look at them wrong. But you can tell everybody what to do. Mm-hmm. She was like, I got a grown ass boy with no daddy on his mother and his father, and you think I'm not gonna snatch him up? You think I don't need him to fear me? I need this black boy to fear me. Now, to miss all this, to that end, I know for a fact my son is more afraid of his mother than he's afraid mm. of me. Mm. And Well, I, I'm more afraid of his mother than I am of well, you. Well, so am I. <laughs> and I say that with no disrespect right. whatsoever. Of course. Um, she actually read me for filth today for something I deserve to get read okay. for. Okay. And she wasn't fucking around. Mm. And I was like, you know what? I respect you for it. Mm-hmm. I was wrong go mm-hmm. you got it mm-hmm. you win 100 percent. because any honestly it was something i couldn't i fucked up mm-hmm. i couldn't even pretend like mm-hmm. i was anywhere near right you didn't fuck up you just made a decision that, yeah the that way wasn't the right decision well i in hindsight the way i approached the decision didn't yeah but i wouldn't say you fucked up no 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 the decision wasn't fucked up and that's part of the conversation i had with her as well she was like i don't care about the decision the way you Right, did it was fucked up, mm-hmm. and she was right. Mm-hmm. Um, my, yeah, he will do everything in his power if he's smart to not fuck with this woman mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> but again, I, I, but even then, I look at her as a mother. So and I would like as hard as she is, like she gives no fuck. She will not play your games. Mm-hmm. Her as if she was my mother, in a lot of ways, that would have worked for you. I'd have been a I'd be a better man today. Hmm. More well adjusted, with the same level of discipline and everything else. I wonder if parenting you know like what i was saying about ashanti and i don't i should send her that clip (laughs) you should she would appreciate it Mm -hmm. um if it was if 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 your son was a girl Mm -hmm. would you have picked him up and put him on the counter and said burp yes i don't think you would have i want to pick up your daughter and sit her on the counter but you won't (laughs) but i won't but you won't you wouldn't pick up a girl and do it i would because you wouldn't be able to take it if your little girl was looking daddy in the eye like and that sense of physicality that comes from something that you can, because the, the idea is I can do this, but also you're going to be able to do this to me at some point. Because there'll be a time 
we can consider that you and him are going to be, you could be adversaries. Mm -hmm. He's going to be a man and Mm -hmm. you're going to be a man. It's a little bit different. I remember seeing the girl's dad sometimes. He was just, like he would just give up. Like he would be at that moment where he would want to do the thing, like maybe a SWAT or maybe pick you up or maybe yell at you right in your face. And they're just like looking, waiting with the bad thing that they did all around them. And he would just give up. No, I'm I'm still doing it. First of all, my son will hit me with the doe eyes mm. super hard. Mm-hmm. He knows he's cute mm-hmm. he's, and he he's works adorable. his cuteness. He's very adorable. Um, so before, and again, and again, plans are worth whatever you give, what do you say they're worth? Before we knew what we were having, mm-hmm. I knew regardless. No spankings. I was, no spankings. Mm-hmm. And I was going to raise that child the same regardless. Mm. Um, because just because why why do they have to be raised the same um well which by the way they can't you can't raise a black boy the same way you raise a black woman it's just impossible the same in terms of you can have the same intent but you're it's not gonna be the same the interactions were going to be very the lessons might be slightly different my demeanor, my interactions, my relationship with them was going to be as similar as they could possibly be. Why? Um, because I, I, as much as we ascribe gender to a lot of things, like, oh, you know, little boys versus little girls and X, Y, and Z, I kind of push back against that. The things that a human needs in life is what a human needs in life. Mm-hmm. And whatever my philosophy on those, thi- what, on those things are, my daughter needs those lessons just like my son needs those lessons. That sounds like more of a decision and a worthy one to be as present for both so that they will get whatever it is that you have. Not necessarily treating one the same as the other because that's kind of impossible because there are differences in genders. And we got to address those. But it seems like you mean like, like we're, you know, I had the typical family where, not typical, I should hope, but my dad did things for my brother and we, they went out mm-hmm. and cut his hair, da, da, da. And me was like, eh, go talk to your mom. So I think, so I, I think there's points where things do branch off. I don't know if that exists at six and seven. From oh, for personally. sure. So Col- it exists at two. So Colette mm-hmm. is getting sat on the counter. And look at me dead in my eye. Because again, the balance being, if my father had done that exact same thing with me, there's not a hug at the end. There's not a, I love you, we're good, breathe, calm down, relax. Because I'm not that, I'm not getting that. I think if I'm Chanette, I'm getting that part of it. And I know my oh. son, and I know my son needs the... Bring it back in. We're good. Hug, love. Everything's okay. The same way my daughter would need that moment of tough love. My goal is to is to do both. You want to get your tough love and get 
we're good, you're wonderful, I love you. Mm -hmm. I think when we deal with boys and girls a lot of times, it ends up being one or the other. Mm -hmm. Um, And in weird and inverted ways at different points because um, boys get away with a lot of shit. Of course. Especially when it comes to chores and responsibility and everything else. And they're also allowed to be men early on. They're allowed to be sexual beings early on. Right. All that, for sure. What kind of parents do you think we would have made? I say we would have made, obviously, because that's not happening. I think we would... Knock on MacBook Air. I think we would have bumped heads on a lot of things. Really? Yeah. Um, oh, because I'm a... You're, yeah. I call you a free-range parent. Free-range parent. Without... Yeah. not And not as a insult or anything mm-hmm, else it's just mm-hmm, the style mm-hmm. and especially in for all our many months and especially in the beginning it, i didn't understand how any of this works like mm-hmm. what do you mean you're she can just whatever and blah 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 and mm-hmm, x y and z mm-hmm. and again my son i whistle mm-hmm. guess daddy mm-hmm. and he comes in and he knows my shoes go here mm-hmm. that kind of thing mm-hmm. um so I think there have been some head bumping and there have been a lot of, well, I'm going to let you try this one, but I'm going to come right behind you if it doesn't work and vice versa, mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Um, there, yeah, there were, there, with us with no parenting experience. No, I mean us now. Us now. Yes, right having, now I'm pregnant we're first of all we're fucking exhausted so this baby gets no type <laughs> of love attention skittles, the two sh- skittles Maisie, for breakfast Maisie and skull Maisie and cole are raising this child. i'm done i'm tired um i think we are no really i really don't see us bumping heads as often as we might have if we a didn't have a lot of parenting experience or b um we're just in a different place mm-hmm. in our lives mm-hmm. i'm what you want you want to beat the baby? Go ahead, Shane. <laughs> beat the child for pooping in his diaper. Philosophically speaking, there's still a lot of back and forth and conversation and debate in things, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, in part because wherever we are on our parenting journeys, we feel like what we're doing has worked. Um, I don't know about that. No, I don't think that the things that I enacted with Sky actually worked at least they didn't work out the way i planned them to she Mm. turned out okay Mm -hmm. um but no i wouldn't say i would only say that we are different just because i am already that tired parent like sometimes i i realize like i look at cole he's seven and i'm like oh shit i done raised two seven-year-olds already i done had one seven-year-old back in however long that was Mm -hmm. i did seven and she's 23 like, I don't know if you know how crazy that shit is that <laughs> I had a seven year old around all the time. They had to go to Girl Scouts and right. brownies and first grade and aftercare and all that. Maisie didn't exist. I had a seven year old. There was no Maisie. Right. Maisie didn't exist until the seven year old was 10. So the seven year old is 23. And now the one after that is 13. And sometimes I just look at him like, nigga, you could get whatever the fuck you want. Like, what? <laughs> what do you want? I don't, what? You will not be the evil stepmother. Babe. I'm not. I'm not. I was an evil stepmother with my stepmother, I mean mm-hmm. stepdaughter. 
Um, but I don't. I can't. So we've had a few instances instances where, like, what happened the other day? Yesterday? Mm-hmm. If that was Sky, she'd be on the street. She would be <laughs> at a bus stop for real. I would have put her at a bus stop and been like, "I'll be back," because this right here I can't do. But I don't even hear it. It's like I hear it and I know the only but what time if, it's but just. What if that's me. amazing? That's seven. I'll smack this shit. Oh, seven-year-old Maisie? Oh, shoot. Let me think. What am I doing if seven-year-old... I got to say... Wait, let me think. Shit. I am leaving. I'm leaving her. I'm leaving her downstairs. I'm coming up here. And I'm closing the door. And she... I'm not... Now, mind her. you, that... you're So that doesn't work because he was coming to me... And for me, asking for things and wanting things, right. X, Y, and Z. I would have, I so, would have left. I would have been in the bathroom with the door closed. Yeah. Um, but that's Maisie at seven. You said, what would you do if that was Maisie at seven? Right. Because with him, he was somewhere else. He might have tried to hurt himself or he needed you to be near him. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying Maisie at seven in that same space, I'm out. Knock on my door when you're ready. Because I no. Which I do, I do a fair amount with Cole. He like wasn't. You, that was not you, the day to do that. You're not ready for this conversation. Come back in a few. I do that with right. him a fair bit. Right. Um, yeah. Wait till I, he figures out that I'll give him all the things. Well, wait till he figures out so he that's, came that's, up here. So that's been like, here's my debit card. What What do you want? You want a skin? So that's what. Okay. So that's what. That's what I'm getting to already. How many V bucks do you want? Twenty thousand. The, the, the number, okay. the number of times where it's been something's like, yeah, I don't think so, and in front of me, like, but why? Right. I'm like, thank Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. Hey, Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. uh huh. I just, yeah. So I do. Fortnite scares the crap out of me because that's the only thing that I could see me ever being mean stepmom over is Fortnite. Except you want to snatch the kids that he plays Fortnite with. I do. I either I have two feelings about Fortnite, either who did it, mm-hmm. so I can fuck them up, mm-hmm. or I'm gonna throw this tablet out the window. Mm-hmm. Those are my two. There's no in between. Right. I thought I was gonna play, but I'm not. Yeah, um, I don't know how you thought you were playing. I thought I might. I gave it some thought, but three seconds into training, and I was like, "This is not for me." No, no, it wasn't even training. Tutorial. I played for three seconds next to you, and you no, heard gunshots, no, and you're like, no, "Yeah, I'm done." Nope, nope, nope. I did my tutorial. And I learned how to move and jump and all the things. And eh. if he decides at some point to sit next to me and walk me all the way through it and be in the game, I'll do it. But he's not. Um, but that's those are the only two ways I feel. His mom recently started playing, and her response was, "This is nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. Like this is like I don't know how much she actually enjoys it either. I don't. I don't like it. I don't like Fortnite. I don't and- have." Yeah. And she was way more of a video game person than you are. Like I've never played a video game in my life. And she had her PSP that she loved. Yep. And um she would on occasion play Grand Theft Auto and all those kind of things on the PlayStation. Like she played video games. I'm not a video game person. I and played she, once in nineteen ninety three. And she looked she looked at us like, Yeah. yeah. I, meanwhile I'm like Hey, all the seven-year-olds, what are you playing? <laughs> y'all are trash. Y'all, y'all are trash. Um, yeah, that's the only thing I can see being uh, conflict mm-hmm. for us. And hopefully, I hope, I hope, I hope, 
Um, I bought the most ridiculous um, Nerf. Nerf weaponry ever. Um, it was so sad. My kid was like, I don't understand why he won't play with me. And the last time before we played together, we made a fort. And now all he's doing is tablet, tablet. I was like, well, he's not going to just come downstairs and ask us about the office. Right. Like, we got to do some, something. Yeah. So she was like, we need to get a gun. And I was like, I can't believe what I'm hearing. <laughs> um. So I got this ridiculous weaponry, and hopefully he'll be into it. I'm sure he will. Oh, yeah. Um. Shoot me in the face again. And we'll see. That's should be pretty exciting. I'm really super mellow. I'm more mellow about, well... I'm more mellow in general, but I'm really um, particularly mellow about parenting this time around. Um, are you mellow or are you tired? Because um, based on the conversation we've been having so far, I just think you're tired. No, I'm mellow and tired, but I'm mellow. Mm. I see so many, like, I see that in my opinion, in my philosophy, I see there are so many times where we can just kind of ease up, where we would get more. There are a lot of ways that I could have helped Sky by not helping her, by just letting her figure shit out, mm-hmm. by letting her just do her thing. And with Maisie, it's a little bit different. I'm free. I was not free range with Sky at all. Sky will tell you that it's weird. I was the most. Well, you commented. I remember we talked about. Um guy commenting on Cole's picture with the Eggo waffle <laughs> yes. with the Lucky oh Charles mushrooms. I felt so bad. <laughs> she saw it on Instagram. With syrup. Yes. I guess your brother's page, maybe? Probably. And she sent it to me. She texted it to me like, this is what we do. Really? She loves to talk about how I made her eat. Not made. Well, yeah, made. Made. She had to have four, five fruits and vegetables every day. And to have a peppermint. <laughs> to uh have any kind of treat and i remember distinctly that a kit kat bar would last the whole week because she would get one break of it for five fruits and vegetables i don't i it's just true and it couldn't be all you know you had to have at least two vegetables and three fruits so i made this little chart and kept it on the fridge and throughout the day she would check off when she had certain things that's where smoothies came from because she could get all her fruits and vegetables in one go if right. she had a smoothie. Um, this is like... By the way, I, can we acknowledge that smoothies are the greatest thing ever? Well, I mean, I do my best. Like, I'm... I'm, for my sake... Mm-hmm. He's drinking spinach smoothies? He's drinking what spinach. What the fuck? Spinach is tasteless. Um, and then you still get to look at it all green and feel like you're doing something. Right. And you so, are. So, yeah. No, but for for our middle-aged selves and for the children mm-hmm. to get some form of nutrition between it's marshmallows. sometimes the only vegetables that I have in a day. Wait, not sometimes. Most times. Because I walked in the door with V8s and you're all like, nah, nah. Actually, I'm fine with V8 as long as it's not the low the sodium. The low sodium is a nightmare. I've I keep never, accidentally buying it I've and it's a nightmare. I've never noticed something low sodium being that much more disgusting than it is. <laughs> well, this, the, to be fair, the line between delicious and disgusting for well, V8 is very narrow. And you know, it doesn't work well in a um, smoothie. Which is surprising. You can't, no. As a base. Mm-mm. That's some nasty <laughs> shit right there. I mean, you can. You can put it in anything. Right. But nah. I'm about to get a, uh, what am I getting? Vitamix. I'm getting a Vitamix. Baller. That shit is expensive, yo. I know. You know how much a Vitamix costs? Uh-huh. 
I'm not even gonna say it. Like people don't. We all know. (laughs) It's either a Vitamix or an Omega juicer. Those are. I vote Vitamix. Juicing to me is. Yeah, juicing is a little suspect. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not so. I don't know if I'm so into it. Mainly because I don't want to clean it, and I keep hearing horror stories about cleaning a juicer every time. So I guess I'll just go with the Vitamix, which is a blender and a juicer, I think. I just want a smoothie. You want one right now? I'm actually I'm a little hungry. I'm hungry too, and I'm not sure why. Did we eat dinner? Yeah, I had spaghetti, kinda. Yeah, but that was that was an early dinner. That was an early bird special. Can I just tell you about the mocktail I had? Sure. So you put some grenadine in the in the bottle. With That's some, what that was. That's grenadine. Okay. Grenadine in the bottle, a couple ice cubes, mint leaves, and I ginger. I think the whole bottle of grenadine is up here. Is no, that the no, no. That's the ginger ale bottle. Okay. Um, you put some grenadine in there in your cup, ice cubes, mint leaves, ginger root. Mm-hmm. Pulsy, 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 pulsy. Right? And then some Perrier. Hmm. What? So it's a little suspect. Like. How? What, uh, the grenadine? The grenadine. A little bit suspect. It's not alcohol and grenadine, is it? No, of course not. It's literally just sweet juice. Right. But I'm just always a little concerned about. Yeah. Like you're making a mocktail. It's one thing to just be like Perrier with some juice or whatever. But once you start getting into muddled things, so uh, things that are at a bar, I'll take things at a bar for a thousand. So with the understanding that it's all about where you are and what you can handle. Right. The idea that you are in recovery or dealing with whatever, mm-hmm. to me, that never meant that flavor and joy needs to disappear either. So if you if you can handle, it's not the flavor. So if you if the process and the the champagne flute and the things, if you can handle it, enjoy yourself. How do you know if you can handle it? You don't know until you realize you can't. Mm. So is it like, oh, it's just mint leaves and ginger root and grenadine and Perrier. But then is it like, or I could just stop fucking around with fake ass shit and have a proper fucking scotch and tonic. Like it's kind of that quick that you can make that decision. So tonic is disgusting. I've never had scotch and tonic. I just said that. Mm -hmm. So the real thing is um, if that does happen, it was going to happen anyway. Mm-hmm. You didn't relapse because you make mocktails. Right. No. But where is the, why are you making mocktails? Are you truly making mocktails because you just want to taste mocktail drinks? Or is there something else at work? I mean, your mocktails are delicious too. Well, thank so, you. I try. I do my best. Let me know when you make a mocktail smoothie. So when you need to have, do you need to have a mocktail? a mocktail because you really wish it was something else? Or do you just have a mocktail because you're having one? Is that the person walking around with the fake cigarette? Uh, what's a fake cigarette? Um, like, it's literally like a stick that looks like a cigarette that you'll does walk it have and hold. Smoke in it? No, no, it's just. I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, no, um, folks who have oral fixations are trying to get away from stop it. We're trying to get away, get out of smoking. Um, will carry a fake cigarette because some of it's just about having something in their hand or having something on their lips, but it's not even actually about the smoke. Wow. It's the same way where I, I hope I would hope that that's not the case for me. 
I would hope that I'm not making a mocktail because I just want to have a mocktail even though I can't drink. I'll just have this. Mm-hmm. I would hope that that's not it because that to me. But that's but that's dangerous. what I made the distinction too because the fake cigarette doesn't actually bring any enjoyment. A mocktail is enjoyable. Correct. So because you have this thing going on, does that mean you can't enjoy something else? Because mocktails are just delicious and fun and happy. We went to um, the Montclair Hotel some months ago, mm-hmm. and they made an amazing mocktail. For sure. To the point where I was like, my drink's okay. Right. It was yeah, delicious. Right. And I get joy out of telling a bartender, just make me anything. Right. With no alcohol in it. So, yeah. And she was into it. She's like, gotcha. And they she, always are. Yeah. They always are. Um, so, yeah. I it's just I guess it's just a thing I keep an eye on. Because mm-hmm. it's like, first it was lime juice. Because I put lime juice in smoothies. So, it makes sense. You put lime juice in everything. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, I wonder what, it's, what uh, instead of having to cut the lime and squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. What if I just got lime juice? Mm-hmm. Not a good idea, by the way. So I was like, well, what am I going to do with this lime juice? I can't use it for a smoothie. Oh, I'll use it in mocktails. So it comes out great. And then uh, I guess I was, I'm on the website to get food and I'm looking for soda and I see grenadine. And I'm like, oh, well, grenadine would be nice for a mocktail. So now I have, like, at what point should an eyebrow go up? Like mint leaves, ginger root, lime juice, grenadine? Like grenadine doesn't even, there's nothing else you make with grenadine besides drinks. There's mm-hmm. no other re- reason to have it. Right. So, There's no grenadine and cake. No. But the lime juice you can Speaking use for anything. Speaking of which, are you still making cookies? Um, I don't know. Damn it. Probably. I'm saying that because it's Friday and I get to stay up late. And, and no children. And then no children so I can do what the fuck I want. Yes, I am. Okay. Just check. I just don't know how many. I mean, um, what kind? I don't care. Do you like my caftan? I do. It's very springy. It's from Egypt. It's very springy. I it's like very it. springy. But the embroidery on here is a, not a game. Like, oh, this, is, this is all I, So I haven't felt the embroidery. I thought it was like print. I didn't realize it was no, actual embroidery. This is embroidery. embroidery. Hmm. This is sewn. Um, you know, tomorrow's caftan Saturday. I was so. joking with you earlier. You said I have a new caftan. I was like, you don't even have. They're all new caftans. I know. There's always a new caftan. There's always a new caftan. I'm going to stop, though. Don't look at me like that. He's looking at me weird. No, I'm looking at you like, why? Eh. Well, because. Like, I mean, how many caftans can you wear? <laughs> Apparently all of them. Because you do. I do. I do wear all my the only caftans. One, the only one I haven't seen come out is the black one. Yeah, because that's... That's the formal. That's special. <laughs> and then you have this new red one that looks like you're on a plantation. <laughs> that's not a caftan. That's a dress. It is. Okay. Because it, it looks... And I love that dress. Oh my god! You look like Queen Sugar. It's beautiful. I said I've and, never seen that and it's, show, and it's super long. So I want to get like it's a hoverboard, so you can just like glide in, look at the, the peasants, and glide out. I don't need any more clothes. I have about ten caftans. Um, Are you up to ten already? Yeah, for sure. Hmm. You don't remember the first, 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 like the thinny ones from Amazon that were not that great, but I have a, at least ten. The Gateway Amazon, mm-hmm. the Gateway caftans. Mm-hmm. Um. So, and I have two onion dresses coming. I mean, one. Because I'm not going to see it. <laughs> I have two onion dresses coming, and then I'm done. Mm-hmm. I, I'm done. I need to figure out another harem pant. Yeah, man. My current harem pant is a great house pant, but I'm, I can't wear that out. Amazon. That oh. one was from Amazon. It's just too, too big. Too big. 
two Harami. You get that same one in two sizes. What size was that? So the size is an issue because the white the waist is fine. They're just very. I know. Harami. If you go down a size. No, it's not the size. It's the cut. I need a oh, slightly slimmer size. cut. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm down. Me and my caftan. I think you should have matching. No, you want to match? That I'll match. Caftan to harem pant? Because that's not... Same a, fabric? I will I will absolutely match That is with you. way more obnoxious than the things that you think we actually are matching I on. know. That's the whole point. If I'm going to be obnoxious, I'm going to be completely obnoxious. You know I said... We got to go. You know I said on Facebook that we would be reviewing the items. Mm, yeah. I did. I did say that. Why why when that's the exact opposite of what you wanted I to do? I don't know. No, I mean I said I wouldn't do it there. I mm. said if you want to know what we think of them, you have to listen to Good Talk. Eh, it sounded like a good idea at the time. Are you actually doing this? Because eh. we could do another episode tomorrow. No, I can't. I just want to say like two sentences and that's it. I'm not trying to do a right. whole episode. So At we all. tried X, it yep. felt Y. Yes. Okay. We tried the glass. The glass ribbed dick. Is this a dildo? It's or a vibrator? Dildo. It's a dildo. It doesn't vibrate. Oh yeah. Um, it's Pyrex. The Pyrex penis. Boom. Mm-hmm. The icicle. The icicle is the brand name. Yes. We're shouting out brands? Yes, thank you, Dan, at Eldorado Trading Company. <laughs> EldoradoTradingCompany.com. Uh, I liked it. There it you was go. fun. It was a good time. Mm-hmm. Weird at first, but good. Shit, what was I about to say? About the apprehension, it, there was definitely apprehension in the beginning. Of course. And it, There was apprehension in the middle and the end, too. Yeah, okay. I didn't see it. Why are you saying it in the go-off voice? I remember feeling apprehensive. I didn't I, want that thing to poke me in the over. I'm just saying how you felt and what I saw, two different things. What did you see? I saw Joy. <laughs> and we can stop there. I named her him Hulk. H-O-K-E? Mm-hmm. Now, what movie is this again? Driving Miss Daisy. You didn't mention that part. Wait, so you know what I mean now? By Hulk? I, yeah, I didn't know his name was Hulk. I never watched that movie. Hulk. Is that, is that, is that a friend. Um, That's what she says at the end. Is, is, is. Hell no. <laughs> that shit beat out Do the Right Thing for Best Picture. I'm aware. No, we're not watching that nonsense. Um, So you asked me what was next. Yes. And I think we're... We're going to... You said either, it's either the, ring the ring or the pocket pussy. Oh, I wish you would stop saying that. That's not even the name of it. What's the real name of it? Well, it's, technically it's a flashlight, but that's not, a, that's not the flashlight brand. So what's the name of the thing? It doesn't say. It says, like, caution. It's called the caution. <laughs> On a random side of the box just said, caution. And, no, and, no, 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 no. It said private. Right. And masturbator in like nine yes. languages oh it's a masturbator <laughs> that's what it is that's terrible i don't know how i feel about that one well it's as close as to, it's as close to what the glass it's as close to the glass it's the analog 
It's the opposite. Right. It's, it's the yeah. It's not, wait, wait, it's, wait. It doesn't move. No. There's no like. Mm. There's no motor. Oh. Okay. And it's not for you. Right. So that's the that's kind of the flip. I see. Meh. <laughs> we'll see that. I, I think the ring would be a better idea. <laughs> this is how selfish you are. We went from no rings. I don't want a ring. Don't right. touch me with a ring. Yes. To oh, it doesn't involve me. Let's try the ring. <laughs> um. Yeah, I feel super selfish, which is why I'm always afraid of these sorts of things. I feel like they can make people like. I was talking to a friend of mine, and she was telling me how she has this Tupperware container under her bed, um, like a big one of all the things, mm-hmm. and she's no longer fucking with anything that has char- uh, that gets plugged in. Because of what you were saying. She's like, all these people have different plugs for whatever yeah. reason. It's just really annoying. Nobody does a regular USB. No one does anything. So she's not fucking with those. And she's like, these only work. I want wireless charging. Right? It can't be <laughs> I, that hard. I want to put it on the on your watch charger. And, <laughs> and just wait. <laughs> and she says, like, you know, I want, I like this in the beginning of the month. I like this at the end of the month. And I, I'm just trying really hard. I feel really left out. I don't understand what these women are talking about when they talk about having like five or six toys that work at this time of the month, Mm -hmm. five or six here, three that are just for when they're with their man because he likes this, this, and this, two that's just for themselves, one for the shower, one for the drive to work. People are getting off in the cigarette lighter. That's dangerous. Um, the drive to work. People have vibrators. But even in the, but even in the in the package that we got, there's a mix of those things. There's like the ring is for us. There's no right. world where the ring is just for you or just no, for me. Right. We you have the wands, different things that I mean, I only guess work you for could, you. You could use the ring for yourself. You could jerk off with the ring on. That yeah. might feel like something. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. I don't know. I don't know these. <laughs> like I don't the, understand why I don't have a Tupperware. I, well, for me, the ring is a tag team situation. Yeah, I get that. How come I don't have a Tupperware container under my bed? Because you have me. No, um, I don't know why. I have nothing. I don't know why. Because I said from, and I know this, I'm not necessarily a part of this. I am and I'm not. But my thing from very early on was like, go get you something. Like, go ahead. Um, and maybe this will be your new, maybe the sneakers will this die. This is my new hobby. The sneakers will die. and uh, I'll start collecting dildos. Yeah. And toys and things. <sighs> no. That's not a thing. But, yeah. Have fun. Do it. Figure it out. I'm not doing anything without you right now. That's fine. I just feel more comfortable. It should not be my responsibility to clean your toys. That's all I'm going to say. Ew. <laughs> Was it? <laughs> Well, not responsibility. Oh, I cleaned it. I was asleep. I know. You could have just left it there. I'm fucking with you. Mm. Also, it's me. I'm not going to just leave it there. No, you're not. You're not. <laughs> and there are people here, so. That was the other part. We can't take those kinds of chances. Like, it was, I didn't know how to, yeah. Um, no, it's, it's, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for me, too. But also apprehensive. Mm-hmm. Like, what if I just stop wanting to go to work? Like, what if I just want to stay in bed all day long? Then you'd be a dude. Really? Is that how y'all are? Not really. Um, that's the trope. Um, no, you'll be you'll be fine. 
Because it goes, this girl at one point was like, I don't want to stop touching me. Really? I don't want this anymore. I'm good. How do you know? Um, I mean, if that will come before you become in, just in the bed all day with like this one and then this one and then this one. I think you'll be fine. I think if, if, if anything, maybe there's a, the beginning, like you want to try things multiple times and whatever. And then I'll just get bored with it? I'll get bored, but everything comes back to zero to some degree. Hell, our sex life went from all the stupidity to swinging back the other way a little bit. Every day. I remember one time I texted you and I was like, uh, I really wanted to have sex before I left, but I didn't know how to say it. And you were like, from now on, every time we see each other. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck yeah. And But we weren't living together either. At that no, point. we were not. No, we so were there's not. that. We couldn't do it every time we see each other right about now because then right. we'd be exhausted. But yeah, we started. That's where we came from. Yeah. And we saw each other a lot. Now when... All now, when, and later. Yeah. And is that it? Now, when, and later. We have to have a whole new word now. Hmm. For toys. Well, I think everybody knows what now, Play. when, and later is. Now uh, is sex. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Now is you doing things to me that I don't really let happen. Right. When is a blowjob? Later? Is sex? No, later is the thing you won't let happen. Nope, that's now. That's now. What is later? Later is just regular sex. <laughs> so, so sad. <laughs> yeah, it's just regular. It's just plain old. It's, it's just me. It's now, when, later, <laughs> and play. Play. Get it? Play. Toys. Play. It's, 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 uh-huh. Shut up. <laughs> Go make you some cookies, woman. I don't know what kind. I vote for sugar. I'm sugar. Because I don't know how many chocolate chips, so I can't make chocolate chips. Yeah, Someone works. dumped a whole bag of chocolate chips in the dough when I said, just a sprinkle. Maybe. Yeah, okay. And then ran away. And then ran, tablet in hand.